him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. picture of Red Shoes as Baroness Orcsley's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. When wise men are dying, it is sometimes expedient to become a fool. When wise men were dying in Paris in the year 1792, their heads rolling under the merciless rise and fall of a guillotine as fanatics and rabble-rousers turned the revolution into a bloodbath. But wealthy English noblemen and their gold were still reasonably welcome in Paris, especially at the Comedy Fossils. Splendid show, wasn't it, Blakeney? Oh, positively enchanted. Glorious. The Vicomte of Tournay in his family? Safe. For certain. Fuchs came into the box across from us during the last act and gave the signal. They must be halfway across the channel in your ship by now. Good. The difficult part of it was getting him out through the city gates of Paris, and you handled that very neatly this morning. Can't <laughs> you look such a tramp driving that white cutter? What? Monsieur Chauvelin coming this way through the crowd. Ah, Monsieur Chauvelin. <laughs> Good evening. Oh, most jolly evening. Uh, monsieur, I'd like you to meet Lord Anthony Dewhurst. Uh, tell me, uh, Monsieur Chauvelin, most important official of the new French Republic. My pleasure, Monsieur. Monsieur. Well, Sir Percy, why do you stare at me in such a manner? Oh, my dear fellow. Oh, you do distress me, sir. Why? Oh, really. No, I mean, it, it, it may be rude of me, but you're correct. No, it's quite impossible, really. Now, good heavens, man, give a thought to yourself. I'm afraid I have no time to cultivate the ways of the English standards, Sir Percy. I have more important things on my mind. But, well, what could be more important than a gentleman's appearance? Finding and destroying the enemies of my country. Especially an Englishman known as the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, now, really. <laughs> you French are so imaginative, so inventive. Scarlet Pimpernel, indeed. Doubt if he exists, except in your mind. After all, a scarlet pimpernel is nothing more than a flower. Imagine a dashing adventurer using a flower as a symbol. Of I am it. certain your opinion is of great importance, Sir Percy. But I am quite for time. Good night, monsieur. Oh, I say. Oh, what an unpleasant fellow. <laughs> oh, Blakeney, you'll never cease to amaze me. Let's get to the carriage. Going someplace in particular? I saw a woman dancing in the streets today. A woman in rags, half starved. Not an unusual sight here. No, but there was something about this one. Something of quality. Her feet were small and dainty. Her dancing was frantic and bedeviled. I must see her again. You know where to find her? I had her followed. 
She lives in a squalid hut near the Port Montmartre. Alone? Tony, people who live with fear are never alone. Torches burned in the night as bands of soldiers and fanatics sought new victims for the guillotine. In the flickering lights, we could see the tumbles jammed with the condemned. Poor devils. Yes. There were more than 100 executions today. Madame La Guillotine has a big appetite. Every time I see one of those tumbrils, I want to... I know. Why is the coachman slowing down? We're near Portal Mark. This may be the street. Is this our destination, coachman? No, monsieur, no. It is a headaway. Then why do you stop here? There is a tumbrel and a group of soldiers at the house, you see. I, I, I do not go where there is trouble. Get out quickly, Danny. Five horses, three soldiers in view, and one driving the tumbril. Must be two more inside after the woman, then. Monsieur, I... How much will you take for your coach, driver? But I will not sell them. Not even for this bag of gold coins. Quickly, man, climb down. Oui, monsieur. Here, take your gold. Go back the way you came, on foot, and forget you ever had a coach. Take his hat and cloak, Tony, quickly, right. Oh, you are most generous, most generous. All right, Tony, up on the box, what do you plan? That depends largely upon your skill as a coachman, old boy. Now, think you can pass close enough to that tumble to catch it with our wheels and overturn it? Well, it should be simple enough. Good. Of course, we'll apologize for the accident and pay for the damage. Oh, anything else will be positively rude. That will put us close by when you bring the woman out. And then? Then we'll bash in a few heads and take her with us. Go on, up you go. All right, monsieur. You better hop inside. Right. But once you get the girl, don't spare the horses. Uh, no fear of that. Ready? Go ahead. Right. Come on, get up. 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 Heavens, coachman, are you trying to kill me? I think he's liable to kill anybody. I will see that he's close. Oh, it was an accident. Well, since I engaged this fool in his coach, I suppose I'm responsible for the damage. Well, how much? Oh, oh well, if the English citizen insists upon paying. Uh, just let me see what damage has been done. I stalled for time, examining the tumble. Tony had slipped down from the box, and I saw him circled where the soldiers had their horses tied. Good old Tony. He was cutting the saddle cinches. I pressed the alarm just as the door of the house opened, and two soldiers came out dragging a woman between them. Did you gentlemen hear what the lady said? What do you mean? She said, let her go. Quickly, now me to the carriage. We'll have you out of the energy. Tony, put those steps away quickly. The others are going to their guns. Fight! Not now, madame. Perhaps some evening in the future, in my own country, when we get you there safely. I cannot go to your country. You choose to remain. I am without a choice, monsieur. It would not seem that way. There is an eight-year-old child. My son. I saw no child when we took you from the soldiers. 
He was not to be slipped. Then tell me where he is. I'll send someone out. I, I did not know. He was taken from me months ago. Taken by whom? It is in Sherbrooke. Why? To don't miss me. <laughs> I will try to tell you. Ten years ago, before my marriage to Ronnie Foray, Citizen Chauvelin honored me by asking me to become his wife. I refused him. The love he professed for me then turned to hatred. I understand that. Of course, he could do nothing about his hatred until now. The revolution has made him a very powerful man. Powerful enough to kill my husband. <laughs> powerful enough to take my child from me. <laughs> you... You have reason to believe that your son is still alive. I know he is. How do you know, madam? Citizen Chauvelin offered me what he called a sporting proposition. He gave me six months to find the boy. He said if I could find him, he'd let us both go free. And if you did not find him? If I failed, he said he would have me peace and give me the pleasure of seeing my son die on the guilty. Six months ended tonight. I am grateful to you, monsieur, that I cannot escape. If my child must die, I will be close enough to comfort him. Then I shall die with him. Madame, neither you nor your child will die. If you expect a change of heart from Citizen Chauvelin, I have no such expectation. He will try to keep his word to the letter. He wants you to see the boy die, madame. But that cannot happen until you are in his hands. You believe that? With all my heart, madame. My friends will see you to Calais, where I have a ship waiting. Wait there. I promise you, on my honor as a gentleman, I will see to it that your son is delivered to you alive and well. Monsieur, I have heard tales of a man of your country who is credited with achieving things such as you have just promised me. Do your friends call you the Scarlet Pimpernel, monsieur? My friends call me a friend, madame. The other name is for my enemies. Adieu, madame. Adieu. And God walk with you, with him. Journey. Yes? What is it? See that uh, Madame Flore is provided with the clothing of... Yes, a woman from the farms. Also procure a legitimate pass to get her through the gates and out of Paris. Have folks take her to Calais. Tonight? Tonight. We have much to do tomorrow. Starting with breakfast at the home of a very important man. <laughs> Citizen Chauvelin. Are you sure we're invited, old boy? Oh, don't get asked, Tony. Of course we're invited. I just invited us. <laughs> so, you and your friend return to London today, Mr. Blackman? Hmm? Uh, yes, yeah. The Prince of Wales just insists that we come home. Of course, we wouldn't think of leaving without saying goodbye to you. It would be inconceivable. Although, you know, I really might have, you know. <laughs> You'd have deserved it, too. You were really unnecessarily rude to me last night at the theater. Mm. But you're in a much better mood this morning. <laughs> much better. I am in a good mood because the interests of the Republic will be well served today. When I introduce a stupid woman and her child to Madame La Guillotine. Oh, now, don't mention that dreadful instrument. The very sound of the word makes me feel faint. Now, I wish you'd pay more attention to things like the decor of your quarters. If this were my home, I'd have some nice... Come in. Come in. Some death fool. The old man who used to care for my quarters has died, and I have not had time to get another. I called for you to enter, Citizen Conrad. I was not sure. 
Well, speak up, citizen, comrade. What is it? A matter of extreme urgency. Possibly I should have come during the night, but I hoped by this morning the matter would be set right. What are you talking about? What matter? Last night I went on with the citizen comrades under my command to... Chavalon, why is this uh, oaf staring at me? Has he never seen a gentleman before? I knew the soldier's face. I had seen it last night, for just a moment before I had struck him unconscious. And I wondered if, for that same moment, he had seen my face. He was the leader of the troop from whom we had rescued Madame Suzanne Florey. returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. no recognition there. He shuffled in embarrassment, and I realized that he feared the whip of Chauvelin's temper in the presence of others. Do not stare at my visitor, citizen. What do you have to tell me? It concerns last night, citizen comrade. I was executing an order given me by my citizen commandant, an order signed by your own hand. An order for the arrest of Madame Flore? Uh, yes, citizen comrade, but do not be distressed. She will be found. My men are... You mean my order was not executed? She was taken from us just after we made the arrest. Taken by whom? An Englishman? We, oui. I... The Scarlet Pimpernel. You poltroon! Why did you not shoot him? Kill him! Oh, good heavens, Chabalon. How do you know this man's telling the truth? Silence, monsieur! You're being most unfair, my good fellow. Now, if you ask me, I think the Scarlet Pimpernel is a legend you've concocted. I think you're deliberately trying to stir up anti-British feeling. And I shall certainly tell the Prince of Wales. Monsieur, will you please stop fluttering your hands and leave my house? Well... You certainly are the very courteous host, monsieur. Don't you even speak to him, Tony. I shan't forget such ill manners, Chavalon. Will you please go? Come along, Tony. Thank you. You don't! You make the soldiers of the Republic a laughing stock! I don't denounce you! Will have you a boss? I'll give you a boss! Oh, that was a close one. For a moment, I, I was afraid he recognized one. So was I. <laughs> a chance worked in our favor. Now I'll be able to watch Chauvelin's every move. Right within the home we just left. Well, how do you propose to do that? Well, you heard him say his old manservant died. He opens the door himself. Oh, that was rather a foul breakfast he served, wasn't it? I'm certain he'd be delighted to have me serve him. You mean risk going right into his house under his very nose in a disguise? Yes. So dangerous to make me. Not if he thinks he knows me as somebody else. There must be hundreds of men right here in this quarter who are familiar to him by sight, although he doesn't actually know them. If there's one person in the world who can get away with it, that person is you. I must... And will, Tony. 
Madame Flore's child will not defend her guillotine. On that, I have pledged my life. We found our man, a peddler of kindling known as Paul Mollet. Our approach to him was a note delivered by a street urchin. Mollet met us in a rented hovel where the candles were arranged in a manner that permitted us to see him clearly without his seeing us. Citizen Mollet? Uh, Would you walk about, please? Enough? Yes. Just refreshing my memory of the way he walked on the street. Yes, I can do it. Bone structure of his face is similar to mine. Grime, beard, stubble. Well, let me set up this mirror and kit. Get him closer to the candles. Move closer to the candles, Mollet. Keep him speaking while I do this. He's not very articulate, but I'll try. Mollet. Uh, you understand the instructions I gave you before? Oui. Where do you go from here? Uh, For how long? For as long as you pay me one gold piece each day. Excellent. Well, break me. He... Great Scott. What? You're actually beginning to look like him. Well, after all, that is my intention. He has an odd voice, though. Can you manage it? For as long as you pay me one gold piece each day. Well, that do? Do. It's positively amazing. All right. Well, throw money to clothes. We bought him and him change. I'll need what he's wearing. Citizen Comrade Mollet, why do you wish to work in my home? <laughs> you must have a reason. I want good food. Do you imply, citizen? All the good food goes to the official. Why? Where have you heard the fly? On every street in Paris. Would you care to meet Madame Laguerteen, Citizen Comrade? I could denounce you to the tribunal for statements so treasonous. Ah, I have no more than other citizens. I am a poor man. My house is given me only because it is necessary to my position. My food is no better than others have. Work here, if you will. But do not spread a foul lie any further. My tongue is silent when my stomach is full. Then your stomach will be as full as your work wallets. You may start by cleaning this room. of Chauvelin. Each time he left the house, I searched for some clue to the whereabouts of Suzanne Fleury's child, but I found nothing. Chauvelin's patience was wearing thin, and the possibility that he might execute his revenge on the hidden boy grew with each passing day. It was time for me to force a revelation. I contacted Tony and set our plan, and put it into operation that same night when Chauvelin came home for his dinner. Morning! Morning! Uh, what has happened here? Citizen, help me. Bully, who is responsible for this? Oh. My desk has been ransacked. My papers scattered about. I was struck down by the tall one, English. Then he leaned over me and he gave this paper into my hand. Let me see it. They seek him here. There. The Scarlet Pimpernel. Whatever they sought in your papers, they did not find. How do you know? What were they seeking? I cannot say, but whatever it was, the leader said there was no time. He said they would get the child tonight and go to La Havre. What child? Did he say what child? Did he mention a name? Oui, but I do not remember. Was it Flore? Pierre Flore? Oui, oui. And they're going to get him tonight? They will get more than they bargained for tonight. I pledge you, citizen comrade. 
Tonight, I will personally see to the end of a Scarlet Pimpernel. The blow he struck you will be avenged, citizen. I would like to strike him with my own hand. You shall. He is a powerful man, the Scarlet Pimpernel. We will gather reinforcement as we go. Soldiers of the Republic are all about. Citizen coachman, to 23 Rue de la And if you encounter any mounted soldiers of the instruct them to follow us. <laughs> Monsieur Chauvelin has bad luck on the 23 Rue de la Meur. Worse luck than thought. Only two mounted soldiers of the Republic joined our cortege. And they were two soldiers I approved of most heartily. Because under their French uniforms, they were members of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. It was very considerate of Chauvelin to invite them inside with us. You have had no sign of trouble? None, citizen. The boy sleeps in that room. There are no windows. With these two additional men you have brought, we are quite secure. Uh, Pimpernel will not bring many men with him. He never does. One or two at most. You will soon have the pleasure of slapping his face, Molly. Thank you, citizen comrade Chauvelin. But uh, suppose he doesn't like the idea. Huh? Molly! You, you are not Molly! Your voice is English. You are quite right. The Scarlet Pimpernel! Seize him! No, just seize him! Where do you wish? Everybody is one somewhere. You are that! so cluttered it was impossible to carry the child through. What's wrong with him? Oh, just sleeping. He's only a boy can sleep. He isn't very plump, though. I'd say he hasn't fed too well. Wouldn't you, Monsieur Chauvelin? He'll fare better in the future. Take him out of the carriage. I wish I knew your face. I wish I knew your own true face, Monsieur. Someday I will. Possibly, Monsieur. But until that day, the Scarlet Pimpernel can be recognized as only a small and plentiful flower decorating the English countryside. All right, gentlemen. Let's get that child to his mother. In a moment, Marius Goring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
And now, Marius Goring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. You do not deceive me, I do not deceive you, madame. Your son is aboard my ship out there, sleeping sound. Oh. I had him taken there at once. And now my men are rowing in to take you to him. And to take both of you to England. Oh, monsieur. I've... If foolish small things like words could tell you... It has you... been my pleasure to serve you, madame. I could not see your face when first we met. And tonight there is no moon, and I still do not see you. But if we ever meet again, I think that I shall certainly know you. <laughs> Many people have thought so, madame. But it is better that things remain as they are. I am going to make a request. The lady is not supposed to make. Will you... I'd be honored. If that ever happens again, sir, there is no disguise that will keep me from knowing you. Hello! Hello! I'm ready for you, madame. A precious passenger for you tonight, Tony. Take the lady to England. of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, is written by Joel Merkett, with music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers. <laughs>